Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and our blog. We'd like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for any trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is February 11th. Good morning, Andy LeBeau. Good morning, Jim Colburn. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, let's get right into this. Um, the, the main, one of the main drivers or the main driver is still the virus. Yeah, no, no question it, that, the, that the virus continues to be, a, you know, it's a big factor in all the markets. I think that what has uh, been so surprising, obviously, in the, in the petroleum markets has been this rally, despite some of the worst, what had been really worsening conditions in, uh, on uh, infections and hospitalizations. But, um, you know, thankfully, in, in many areas in, in the world, those have gone down and the vaccine is, is at least beginning to be more widely distributed. So that, that's all been, you know, I, I guess that's all been supportive for the, uh, for the petroleum markets. But, but we're, I mean, let's take the U.S., for example. We, we've seen uh, uh, many people getting vaccinated, many, many people getting infected. But are you seeing it show up in in demand numbers like gasoline demand, jet fuel demand, things that, like that? And 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 therein lies the the big point, Jim. Uh, yeah, things things are improving, but we're nowhere near uh, where we were. Nowhere near normal on uh, on demand. The IEA just. Uh, revised downward again, first quarter demand and uh, second quarter demand uh, and look forward to uh, uh, the very strong second half of demand. And what we've seen in, in the U.S. so far, you know, the demand numbers are getting getting a little bit better. Gasoline demand still frankly stinks. Distillate demand is, 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 imp- is, def- is improving. Uh, no doubt about that. I mean, we're seeing, um, you know, distillate demand is running ahead of four or five year averages. So that that's been good on, on the diesel side, jet fuel demand. We saw one week where uh, jet fuel demand was, uh, was pretty good. The balance, but you know, I, I don't know if that's just a one-off Jim. Right. Or um, you know the, this improvement, I, I suspect is is just a one-off, and also it's jet caro demand. So caro demand uh, obviously has been helped by the, the colder weather. And in terms, and, and there's also propane demand has been uh, has also been pretty strong. So you know we're we're seeing we're seeing improvement, but uh, again questionable in the jet fuel demand and gasoline demand, as I said. Um, is still pretty poor. 
So bringing up gasoline demand, I probably didn't want to get into this right away, but the, the gasoline cracks were sort of confounding. They, they, they kept going higher for a, a while and without demand. So is it just that the refineries are, you know, able to sort of uh, uh, cut back on, on production and, and able to manage the decline that we've seen in demand? So yeah, uh, the refiners have done a pretty good job of uh, keeping gasoline supplies uh, under wraps. The, you know, I, I think a key factor there, the, the cracks have been, have been strong. Pad one, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of refinery capacity in, in pad one. So, um, you know, pad, pad one can from time to time get a, get a, little, bit, uh, get a little bit tight, but that, that's gonna stop because the, um, first of all, refiners have begun uh, to start moving towards making more gasoline. And second of all, the arbitrage between Europe and New York Harbor is way high. So, mm. you know, I would suspect that uh, we're going to start seeing, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing, I don't want to say it's an armada, but the, there'll be a lot of supply coming in from, uh, from Europe. And, and we've seen it. And now the cracks have, have turned over, right? right? The, yes. the gasoline cracks have, have turned over. So, you know, I, I think that was a short-term uh, short phenomena. You know, gasoline demand, getting, getting back, the, the, looking at the four-week average, it's uh, 7.9 million barrels a day versus uh, the five-year average of 8.8 .8 million barrels a day. So it's still running a million barrels a day right. uh, behind normal. And uh, the EIA is, is saying, well, gasoline demand is going to improve dramatically as we head into the into the second half, but chip that's it, it, and it might it may be higher than what the EIA says. They they have demand getting up, you know, almost a million barrels a day for one of the months in the in the second half from where we are now, but you know that's still going to be dependent on on a lot of different factors. Right, and and um, again with this. You know, I think about the people who have been vaccinated recently. It's the uh, you know the health workers, the first responders, and and uh, the the elderly. And um, it's not like they're jumping on planes or driving cross country. But what what kind of what kind of indicators are you looking at going forward to kind of you know give you a sense that uh, of green shoots or or that the the part of the economy that's been whacked pretty hard is, is starting to come back. Well, uh, you know, this all, first of all, there's all the uh, miles traveled, uh, which is sort of a la lagging in indicator, but at least it would be nice to start seeing that beginning to move up right. in, in the right direction. And there's all kinds of, uh, you know, mobility indexes that, you know, you can, you can look at whether it's the Tom Tom numbers or, or any, or any, any type of uh, numbers, you know, the, the ones that I think will, you know, tell the tale uh, is you just start looking, you know, let's keep watching these apparent disappearance numbers, you know, these weekly numbers, let's start seeing them at least trending in a, in a better direction. Right. And, um, you know, and also a lot's going to be the, you know, the, what's it going to be dependent on? All right. We need jobs, right? People have to drive to their jobs. So, you know, where the stimulus package goes, you know, is going to be important and how that helps the economy is going to be, you know, critical, you know, to get a baseline gasoline demand to begin to get somewhat closer, you know, at least to start 
growing. And then in the summer and the fall, you know, it'll be, then it'll be, you know, where Americans are going to go, right? Where are we going to drive? You know, are we going to be, are we going to get on planes? Are we going to drive more? You know, and, and I guess some of that too is going to be how the distribution of the vaccine is and, uh, you know, where the distribution is and how confident people feel. Yeah. Uh, herd immunity. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of um, obviously things that we'll that we'll all be watching, right? Which and it gets back uh, one of the things that you common thread you've been saying since the beginning of this uh, event is that how hard it is to keep uh, supply demand balances uh, up to date. They're change you, you change them all the time. But you you had a really good call early on that uh, demand was not not going to be good relative to what the big three, the IEA, OPEC, and, and the EIA were saying in their monthly reports, had they caught up to you or you still got- You, you still- know, I think they're pretty much caught up to me. Uh, they're still, the, one, the uh, OPEC report just came out as we're doing this. So I, I really haven't uh, been able to study that, but I, I think we're there, they have finally caught up with me. I mean, some of their numbers, you know, you just knew that they were, they were just way too high. There was no, there was just no way that, uh, you know, give, given where we were and given the, the restrictions, you know, the travel restrictions, the, their first quarter and, and second quarter demand was just way too high. Even fourth quarter demand. I, actually, I think fourth quarter demand may have come in a little bit higher than, uh, than what, you know, what I was looking for. So, but yeah, I think, I think they, they finally... I think they finally caught up to caught up to me, and I'm just me, you know. They've got reams of analysts, so you know what, Jim? I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, but you, if you take their all their reams of analysts, you you probably have more years of experience. That is, <laughs> unfortunately, that is probably correct. <laughs> so, um, so you you're a little surprised at the price move. Let's, why don't we talk about that? What, yeah, what, let's talk going, about that. What's going on? It's in, in not only the outright price, but the structure is is much. It's we're backwardated now. Yeah, I mean they're they're certainly related um, to a, to a certain extent. Uh, not not completely. But I mean we've been in backwardated markets where the market's gone the other. You know has gone south. Right. Um, but you know I I think that clearly the market has reacted to drawing inventory. The IEA's report today had us down and second half of uh, 20 of 2020 by like 2 million barrels a day. Uh, and they, they see a, a good draw in the second half, somewhat of a draw in the, in the first half. But, you know, you look just looking at my, at my own numbers, you know, we, we've drawn hundreds of millions of barrels from, uh, I've got 1.8 million barrels a day drawn the second half. I think I might ramp ratchet that up a little bit. And in the first half, I have 900,000 barrels a day, which one of the banks also came, you know, had the same amount. So we're drawing stocks. Right. And, um, you know, that, that usually is, is bullish. And, um, you know, the market has, has reacted to, to that. You know, and I, I think as, as well as some, um, you know, so, some broader trends in, in the commodity markets, Jim. You know this whole reflation trade may you know there may be something you know that may have contributed some to to our rally but you know i like 
you know me, I like to ascribe it more to like the fundamental picture, yeah. which has improved, you know, yeah. when you draw that much inventory, that's improved. And when, you know, when um, you see the, the structure get, you know, get, get more backward dated, you know, that, that's usually bullish as well. Um, and that, and that to me, you know, we're seeing floating, uh, one thing you could look at right away, you know, point to right away is floating storage, right? You know, floating storage alone is down like over a hundred million barrels over the last, over the last few months, you know, and you see that in the Brent market, right? right. That's, that's right there in the Brent market. You know, that's really gotten, you know, the, the, M1, M2 is like 50 cents, I think. And the year to year is, is like 45 to 50, 40 to 50 cents a month. But, you know, the front is, is, is gotten tighter. Yeah. So um, if you think about fund activity in this market, they're obviously long, but it doesn't seem like they're at, at capacity. So what, what's your take on, I mean, they're, and they tend to buy the front months and roll. Right. So, I, I think that's right. I think there's, there's probably some more bullets, you know, some more bullets to be shot by the, the funds. And who knows? You know, last week, the, the WTI was up by 10,000 10, contracts, which is pretty good. I thought it would be up by 20,000 contracts, given right. what the price move has been, you know, but but I think as you, you know, you point out, that's only through Tuesday. So, right. you know, this rally last you know, tuesday last tuesday right yeah so you know it wouldn't surprise me that over the next last five days you know another 10 or another fifteen thousand has come in you know the funds are there you know there's definitely a lot of bullish sentiment around not only on um you know on our markets but other, other commodity markets but definitely on oil there's there's plenty of bullish sentiment well there's, there seems to be uh extreme bullish sentiment on evs oh Right. <laughs> Don't get me started. I know. That's why I mentioned it to get you started. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bullish sentiment on EVs, and and you know, rightly so. But you know, we're, we're this is 2021, and you know, that that's that's a few years hence, right? Yeah. You know, that's EVs are not having a significant impact yet on gasoline consumption. You know, on on it's not going to be the difference between oh gas hasn't gotten back to normal yet because of evs right in 2021 or 2022 you know that maybe as we get to 23 4 and 5 yeah 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 not this you know not this year yeah i was trying to figure out the uh speed of adopting new technologies and i was looking at uh uh the um, adoption of the three-point shot in the NBA. That was something, it was really, you know, there was nothing, no barrier to shooting more threes in it. And it took, think about the ABA started it. And and now uh, it's like more teams than ever are taking, I don't know, 40% of their shots, some some crazy number. But you can track how many, how many three-point shots were taken. And that was just, a, all you had to do was figure out arithmetic to figure out that this was a good idea. And it took a long time for teams to, to adopt. And, and uh, you know, the EVs, uh, I, I don't have to, I have to line up the charts and see which ones, you know, they're, they're getting mandates from, from uh, you know, municipalities and, and states and, and maybe uh, beginning federal as well to buy uh, fleets and, and infrastructures being built. So I'm wondering if it's, if it's uh, quicker 
uh, adoption. And then like, you know, you, you, you're talking about a worldwide event. So, um, uh, I, I, the other thing I always think about is it's, you know, that idea is not going to help your March contract, right? If you're, if you're trading the next few months out, that's, that's something down the road. Maybe, maybe that's affects you buying the equity, the oil stock rather than the, uh, uh, the futures that we, uh, that we're involved in. So. Um, right. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we've got to look a couple of years from now to really get into a, a, a ser- more serious EV discussion on its effect on demand, because it's, it's right now it's not, it's not major. You know, the other thing that, um, you know, talking about the price rally, obviously, you know, why have we been drawing stocks? And uh, even though demand is, so, you know, demand is weak, you know, the, that's that's the big question. And the answer is that OPEC plus uh, has done an unbelievably, surprisingly, <laughs> shockingly good yeah. job yeah. of of managing this market. And, uh, you know, the market was not looking for the Saudi um, production cut. You know, we, we were uh, looking for production to be up by 500,000 barrels a month. 500,000 barrels a, a, a day each month uh, in the first quarter. And, um, you know, the, the decision, the Saudis made the decision, well, we're going to reduce, you know, be, we're going to match demand uh, by cutting output. And, um, you know, they've actually gotten the, the demand has been good enough, obviously looking at the price and, um, you know the the expectations for first quarter uh demand has been good enough to still to still draw stocks um, yeah it's, it, that's that's an interest when, when the saudis came out with that it was it was almost like okay we should be buying this market but then there was this other part did they really do that is that did that, did that just happen you know it was really i was really surprised i mean i i think it took people to a couple of days before it settled in and said they're actually going to do this yeah uh, it was, it was, you know, it was obviously for them, you know, it's worked out. And now the question is, you know, what's next, right? What, right. what, you know, they have a plan to increase output every month, right? right. Uh, um, that they made last year, you know, but that was last year's plan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're, they've obviously proven, given what they did in first quarter here, that they're going to be flexible and the next meeting is is march 3rd and obviously i thought march I, that might not be the right date but it's it's early march so obviously that's the next big market making market moving um event and i guess the question you know where, where are they going to go right it's it's um they're, they're getting to the price they just way away from the volume I mean that's that's the oil of the oil industry. You, you're you're getting, you know, you you're getting to areas that are reasonable. Like I think you were what you were saying earlier uh, in a previous conversation we had that the uh, 2022 price is around fifty two dollars. Yeah, that, for that, for WTI. For WTI. Swamp, so right? you know that's that's a that's not a bad price to uh, you know you know lock up maybe. But the but you need more volume. I mean they need to be selling more volume. Right. And, um, and how do you manage that? Obviously, right. is, is the problem. Right. Um, how do you manage that? And that's, um, you know, I think the market is clearly looking for them to 
the, provide more volume, uh, we're going to need it because if if they you know if they stay here, you know then there's going to be if they if they stay at these numbers, you know this production number, you know we're we're we'll be drawing stocks at, at a much more rapid pace than what the market is looking for, and that would be you know extraordinarily bullish. Right. Right. And um, what's since we're talking about OPEC, what's uh what's Libya doing? Are they still able to? We were worried about them being able to produce, you know, a million, a little over a million, consistently, and it uh, some been, been some problems. Yeah, I, I mean, there's been there's definitely been some uh, export problems. They were at one three, I think they lost the two hundred thousand barrels a day, uh, on um. Uh, you know, they had, they had some problems with the, with the guards. Um, there's, there always seems to be some ongoing, you know, some ongoing dispute with Libya. I mean, you, you can't really say that they're, they're a, uh, you know, obviously not a reliable producer. <laughs> Somebody's not getting paid. Yeah. So, that, well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably what it, what it comes down to. And they um, shut down the port. You know, yeah. Uh, whether that, I, I don't think that's long, you know, they should work it out or they won't work it out, Jim, Yeah. or they won't work it out. Right. And, you know, we'll start seeing, you know, we'll, we'll see Libya, you know, Libyan production, um, you know, we'll lose Libya and that will, that will mean that, you know, OPEC is going to have to increase production. And, and again, you know, we, we've, we had this discussion, what, what, you know, what's a, what price do they want? You know, what's a, the, the fifties is good for OPEC because, you know, it might not bring all that much added added marginal production onto the market. You know, you start getting into the 60s and close to 70. You're bringing, you know, no matter what you bring, you are bringing on added barrels from the U.S. In my opinion. Right, right. Uh, even with the new uh, administration. Even with well, yeah, even with the new administration, you're going to be yeah, 70. I think you'll be getting, uh, you know, you'll be getting significant, significant numbers, despite what, you know, the producers may say uh, about, you know, capital discipline, et cetera. Oh, why would you be disciplined at 70? Right. right? There's no right. reason to be disciplined. If the market goes to 70, you're, you get me in. Yeah. And producers want to produce. That's what they do. Right. Producers want to produce. And, uh, you know, we're not saying, I'm not saying, hey, the market's going to, 70 i'm just saying you know if opec doesn't increase production the market will go to 70. let's let's talk about china for a second here uh i think the i think the eia has them uh increasing demand of like eight hundred thousand barrels over last year right and and um they've been a good buyer in january what what can you kind of describe what's going on in china i think the um well, Jan their import numbers were were excellent in January. Their crude import numbers, but that's because December was a little bit was low because some of the, you know, some some of the refiners didn't have their, um, you know, didn't have the permits for the end of year. I think ran out uh, their their import exceptions, so they had to roll it into you know roll some barrels into January. But February looks pretty strong too. So it looks as though demand from uh, from China uh, is is still is still strong. You know, I, I think they ran off some inventory in November and December, but they still they they built a, 
a lot of inventory last year. Uh, so it puts them, they're, they're really in good shape because they don't have to buy. You know, yeah. I think they have been buying and we'll see, you know, now that Brent is in the 60s, you know, where, where the, if they continue, you know, at the pace that they, the pace for January and February, if they continue into uh, March and April. Now for end user demand, it's, it's probably pretty good. Let's remember they have some, they have new capacity coming on this year. So, you know, demand for crude is definitely going to increase uh, or should it should increase. Uh, and that will probably lead to um, stronger export demand. And I think, uh, you know, I think end user demand should be, um, you know, should be pretty strong. 800 is pretty, 800 is, I don't know, that's a pretty healthy number. I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to be that, but you know, their, their end user demand should be good and their, you know, exports could be strong. The, the thing to watch about China is, you know, let's, you, we've got to be all over their buying patterns. But as I said, you know, they're really in good shape because uh, what they did is really what you're supposed to do, I guess. Yeah. You know, when the market was on its, when the market was on its haunches back last year, you know, near its <laughs> lows, they just loaded yeah. They kept loading and loading and loading and they, you know, so they built up domestic inventory, they built up strategic inventory, you know, and, and that's that, you know, per textbook, really. Right, right. Moving to uh, another topic, Andy, um, something we don't talk about too much are HGLs. And, and um, I, I noticed uh, that, you know, back in 2010, we, we were a net importer. These would be, uh, you know, propane, ethane, butanes, natural gasoline, stuff like that. And in 2020, we exported 2 million barrels. And then 2021, we're expected to be over 2 million barrels of exports. Um, that's, a, that's a nice, you know, that's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's immune to what's going on in the rest of the world, but that, that continues to uh, shine in, ter- in terms of uh, uh, for, for, for the oil industry, right? Yeah, and, and to a certain extent, the, and the natural gas industry because, you know, of the right. uh, associated gas, but, or natural gas liquids is what they, is what they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, and a lot of that export demand is uh, propane has been, you know, one of the shining stars uh, this year so far because of the colder weather. You know, the propane, I think I mentioned propane demand has been strong and propane export demand obviously has been, uh, has also been uh, very, very strong uh, ethane demand as well. You know, which, show, which um, you know, petrochemical demand globally did okay last year. Hmm. That, wasn't the re- that wasn't the real problem. You know, the problem was in the transport fuels and petrochemical demand is going to continue to grow. That's what you know. That's one of the bright lights for the, uh, you know, for for the um, fossil fuel industry is uh, petrochemical demand should be should be strong. You know, for the next for the next few years, and we're seeing all these crackers being built globally. So yeah, that that's a, you know, that's good news for um, you know for the fossil fuel industry. Maybe not so good for the environmentalists, but you know, plastic is is you know, there's still very strong global demand for plastic and, and for petrochemicals. I think it was last month. I, I don't go back and listen to what 
what we say about um, no i don't uh and uh you, you talked about you wouldn't be surprised to see prices rally but you, you thought that i think it would be around 52 53 dollars you kind of thought they would stick around that level um we bumped up some and like i said it wasn't it wasn't like you said it, it can't happen but um what what are you looking for with say the next couple months and recruit with uh, WTI prices and and I assume Brent as well. Well, uh, we said in our we said in our last monthly that uh, we thought momentum could get could get WTI to 60 and Brent into like 62, 63. Right. Um, you know, something something like that and that you know, we're we're just to use your analogy Jim, we're like a three-point shot away from uh, you know, WTI getting the getting the sixty, mm-hmm. and could it go could it go past there? Yeah, I mean the the funds may, you know, the, as we as you also mentioned, Jim, this capacity for the funds to come in. So yeah, there there could be even more upside. But then, you know, we're coming right against, yeah, we're coming right against that OPEC meeting, and uh, you know, uh, very soon people are, you know, that's going to be the focus in the market. You know, what what's you know, what's Saudi going to do, what, you know, production, you know, how much is production going to increase? And also, you know, there there are a lot of demand traps all over the place. Right. Um, I like that phrase, demand traps. I like that. I'll steal that. Thank you. (laughs) I used it in our monthly. Okay. Which which is available if anybody would would like, Uh, just hit us up on our, uh, our website or, uh, you know, a labeau at commodityresearchgroup.com. But yeah, I mean, there, there are demand traps everywhere. So, you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of, it's been interesting over the last week or so, a lot of the like merchant traders, uh, some of the big merchant traders have said that they think, you know, the prices may, may be ahead of it, you know, might've gotten ahead of themselves. And, and you know, I, I tend to agree. I, I think prices are, you know, have gotten ahead of themselves. So it wouldn't wouldn't surprise us. I mean, we said in the monthly that we thought, you know, the, the market was better. Really, I hate to use better valued, but, you know, I, I was thinking mid mid 50s for WTI, you know, maybe a little bit higher. Is where the market, you know, I think is the right price, but there's never any right price. It's what the, what the market price is, right, Jim? That's correct. That's definitely, there's no, uh, there's no new normal because there was never an old normal. Right. right? I mean, the price is what, what it is on any given day. So, you know, yeah. if, today, if it's 65 and it's 65, but, and, and there's definitely a lot of bullish, you know, there's obviously a lot of bullish momentum uh, in, in this market. And um, gasoline prices? Gasoline prices, it's hard to be particularly bullish on gasoline prices. Um, the, uh, you know, we, we see inventories building. Europe is, uh, you know, Europe can easily supply us. The refiners are, you know, re- returns to gasoline was way more than what refiners uh, probably had hoped, you know, had expected. So, I, I you know, I, I not that bullish on uh, gasoline. Diesel, you know, diesel inventories how, have built here. That, that may be a slightly better story. Obviously, you know, we're getting some cold weather. That's, that's certainly going to, that's certainly going to help. So diesel cracks may, may hang in there. I still and, see the uh, delivery trucks on my street 
daily. Jim, you just took the words out of my mouth. Oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. I was just going to say these Amazon trucks are like all still all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, the manufacturing sector has been good and manufacturing and distribution. So, you know, this there's still a good, you know, diesel is, is still a much better story than, uh, than gasoline. So going forward, we're, we're going to look at these. Uh, I look at this site called Worldometer and it updates the, um, you know, the viruses and, and uh, the new infections and, and um, the trend is it's down. It's coming down from a very high number, but it's at least it's going in the right direction now. We have this OPEC meeting March 3rd. Um, and then I guess uh, we'll be looking at the weekly uh, DOE numbers for any kind of uh, bump up in in uh, disappearance, I guess, in in gasoline or jet fuel, all the demand. Uh, they, they call it product supplied, but uh, in those areas, what 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 uh what are you looking at, Andy? Well, you also, Jim, you were looking at the the TSA numbers. For, oh, for... yeah, right. I look at the TSA numbers for, and and uh, and I also look at the um, turnstile numbers somebody puts out for New York City. And uh, both of those numbers are showing no, no green shoots, so to speak, uh, as of yet. But um, I'll continue to uh, be optimistic that sometime down the road, we'll have people uh, uh, flying again and traveling on the subway. But, but yeah, let, let's hope. Although I don't, I don't, I think business travel is, you know, Chad is probably, and, and everybody, you know, this has been the big threes talked about it and all the bank reports have talked about jet fuel still being, you know, you, you 22 or 20, you know, we won't get back to normal by 22 or, or 23. Um, gasoline demand too, you know, the, the EIA doesn't have us anywhere near normal, you know, until 22 or 20. Well, they've only put out through 22, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, my personal anecdotal idea is once I get, uh, my vaccination, which is supposed to be in March, I'll probably do a major driving trip before I fly. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure yet, but that's, that's, I think there are some serious uh, driving miles in my future, in my near future. And then maybe down, you know, down the road, I'll, I'll fly somewhere. But uh, I think uh, we might see a delayed, a delayed, but intensive driving season as we, uh, come out of the summer. I think you may be right. I mean, people may not want to, you know, still may be loath to get on a, to get on an airplane, but, you know, they definitely have, I mean, who, who doesn't have cabin fever? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we may see as we, you know, as they get to the mythical herd immunity, you know, which I, I guess some of the models have by July or August, you know, yeah, people maybe may just take to the roads. Say, get me out of here. And, okay, and one, one final thing, Andy, um, uh, for me is, you know, in the when we had the floor trading, uh, I was thinking about this. Uh, what was it called Game GameStop, where people went crazy, they buying it up, and and the shorts had to cover, you know, aggressively. I said, I said did, did we used to call these people locals? Right. You know, they would go, the locals are buying and they hit stops and the stops are going crazy. And, you know, I, I don't know. It seems like a different 
same idea running running stops or running uh right right the market's just getting completely out of control uh, I, right. I apologize go, to my local friends i think go go you know right look at 2008 when we got up to 147 oh boy on you know one of the all-time i don't know great squeeze yeah we, um we had people calling for over 200 bucks yeah some, some yeah that's what that's what got the the 200 yeah right <laughs> yep anything else you want to add andy uh with this again there's a lot of uncertainty in this marketplace uh, stocks coming down it's hard to get too short on this thing but we have uh uh yeah a lot of uncertainty going forward. yeah we have a lot going forward you know we need the the we'll, we'll see where what you know what the supply side is going to look like we'll see you know where u.s producers come in the eia in the short-term energy outlook actually reduced their um expectation for for production by i don't know fifty thousand barrels I, I think they're too low i think it's gonna i think it's gonna come in higher uh for you know, they they basically have 11 million barrels a day all the way out till fourth quarter. Right. I think, I think it's going to be higher than that. Yeah. Um, well, it, you you uh, are a little skeptical of uh, the discipline that producers might have. Well, it's hard not to be after all these years in the oil business. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 really optimistic folk. We have. To they be, really are. They're really fun they're, fun to work with. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great to work with. Yeah. Okay. Great, Andy. I'll talk to you next next month. This okay. Is uh, we'll see everybody next next month. And if you want to get a hold of us before that, check our website at commodityresearchgroup.com. Uh, you can get me on email at a lebo a l e b o w at commodityresearchgroup.com. <laughs>